Hey, my name is Kristen, and I want to personally welcome you in. I'm a small town mama and former elementary school teacher who spent $250 to start a network marketing business I knew nothing about. I had no followers, zero experience in marketing, and knew very little about social media. But I was able to educate myself on all the ins and outs of owning a business and now run an annual six-figure online business and partner with my husband in helping him run a local service-based business all from home. Because you're listening, it's likely that you're either considering getting started as an entrepreneur or you want to grow. Let's do this together. I'll use my experience as an educator to break it all down for you, social media marketing, business strategy, and networking. My goal is to help you find a sense of balance and fulfillment so you can inspire others to do the same using your unique gifts. So get comfy and cozy, grab a pen and paper and your drink of choice, and let's get to it. Today, we're diving into something that I think touches every facet of our lives, and that is money. It's a word that I know can stir up all kinds of emotions from excitement and joy and security all the way down to anxiety and frustration. And honestly, I've been on my own personal journey with money. And trust me, it has not always been smooth sailing. I have had highs and I have had some really low lows. And of course, as I've been along this journey over the last, well, my entire life, I've pondered some really strong questions along the way. Questions like, how do I align my beliefs with my faith? and also experiencing some success and trying to accumulate a level of wealth? Is it even okay for me to pursue wealth? And if you've ever asked yourself these sort of questions, then I want to let you know that you are not alone. So I want you to come on in. I want you to make yourself comfortable because we're going to have an honest conversation about wealth from a Christian perspective. Now, my relationship with money traces all the way back to my childhood. Money was very, very scarce uh, in my family. Both my mom and dad were, neither one of them were high school graduates. My mom dropped out of high school. My stepdad dropped out of high school. And my mom, for the longest time, she was a stay-at-home mom. And then eventually she ended up going to work And she would work at like a local convenience store, um, which meant that she was gone a lot. Um, And then my stepdad, he worked at a shipyard for the most of my young life. Um, He ended up switching after I got into high school and after I left home. But for the most, um, most of my life, he worked at a shipyard. And he also worked a ton of hours, which looking back, that kind of gives me a lot of insight into my work ethic and also giving me kind of a glimpse into how I have stepped into a leadership from a very, very young age, considering the fact that I was the oldest of three girls in our house. And so it was kind of my responsibility. Um, But even with that, even with my parents working all of the time, with them not having a high school diploma, of course, uh, their income was limited. Uh, And I will tell you, I remember uh, them often arguing about money. I remember my mom doing all sorts of things to make ends meet. Uh, This was back before the digital age of like debit cards and stuff. So like I even remember her, I tell my husband this story often, I remember her going and telling us that she knew that the check would be deposited on this day 
but she could write a check on this day, knowing that it wasn't actually going to clear the bank until the the che- their check or their paycheck would actually hit the bank. So she was really strategic about the way that she would provide for us in terms of groceries and food and you know all the things that we needed growing up. But honestly, there just wasn't enough money going. To, uh, there wasn't enough money to go around. And as I grew older and I became an adult, um, it seemed that that sort of instability when it came to my finances, it followed me. Now, let's be honest with you, before, like, you know, as I got older, I started uh, working part-time jobs in high school. Um, I worked over summer before I even got my license, actually. Looking back, I don't know how I got there, but uh, I I would, um, it must have been a restricted license. I worked at a, um, like a construction company in the office and I did like payroll and invoicing and all of that sort of stuff. And I was kind of like the errand girl for the um, owner of the company. And so I did that one summer And then after I left that job, I went and actually worked at the same convenience store that my mom worked at. I was 15, y'all, whenever I first started working. I worked there for a little while. And then um, after that, I went and got a job at CVS Pharmacy. I didn't work in the pharmacy. I worked in the front uh, with the photo lab. And I remember I was so excited. Like I would get my paycheck and I would go to the liquor store. Cause like I said, this was back before debit cards and stuff. And I did not have a bank account. This was before they used to do like automatic deposits. You would always get a paper check. Uh, gone are the days of like automatic deposit. I don't know. It's like caveman days whenever I think about it, but I would go to the liquor store, you know, my little 16 year old self and I would cash my check and they always took money off of the top because that was kind of their thing. And, uh, and then I, that would be the money that I would use, um, to live on. Uh, my parents at the time, you know, of course they'd always been struggling. And so me working, it gave me the money that I needed in order to live. So I paid for my gas. I paid for my car. Actually. Um, I, my grandparents had actually bought the car, but then I was paying them back. So I was making a car payment. It's crazy. At 16 years old, I had all of this responsibility. gives me a lot of insight into who I am today. And I don't know if you've ever reflected on your journey or like where you've come from, but I bet if you like trace your steps, you'll go, Oh, this is why I am the way I am. But I remember, you know, after I paid for my gas and I I paid for my lunch and I paid for the things I needed for school, there wasn't a whole lot of money left over a whole lot of money. I was making a little over minimum wage and uh, let's be honest with you. Like I really just didn't know exactly what I was doing when it came to managing my money well. Um, I paid for lunch whenever I was at work and it just seemed like there was just never enough. Um, And it all goes back to, I was just never ever taught how to adequately budget my money, how to save. And so I was just always from paycheck to paycheck, even whenever I was still living at home. And then of course, as I got older and became a parent, I just felt like things just started to skyrocket. You know, Ronnie and I got married really, really young. He was young. His parents also struggled with money. So he wasn't given the really strong foundation of a good, strong, uh, stable income, like as far as like how to manage it and stuff. And so you had two of two of these broken people that came together young and still really not like, you know, wise in years. And then of course we had a baby after that, that following year. So just a lot of stuff going on based on one income. Now we had a family of three and uh, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. Like you definitely learn a lot over the years. Um, And then of course, you know, 
if I could just fast forward through time, just to give you a little foundation, I'm trying to explain to you like my background. I don't know if you relate to any of this at all, but you know, I, we struggled through college. And then I remember I used to work, um, I did a side hustle. I actually sold Mary Kay in college. And then I also cleaned houses. So I would go to school. I would, um, then also do like my practicums where I would actually go into the schools. And that was basically like my internships. And I did that every single semester that I was in college. So I would do school, the internships. I would also clean houses on the side and then also do the Mary Kay parties and stuff. And that was more or less just to support the income that we had being a one income household. And I remember being completely exhausted and still not enough money to go around. I got, became a teacher and then it was like, okay, now we can breathe. But we were still barely making ends meet. It was just like, there was just never enough. And I will tell you in my experience that I don't care what level of income that you make whenever you don't know how to manage what you're getting. It doesn't matter if you're a million dollar earner, you can still be in debt and you can still not have um, and still really not have a good understanding of where your money is coming from. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, whenever I started network marketing and my income started to uh, really triple and we were able to both leave our positions. Um, I left the classroom and then a year later retired Ronnie from his job. Then we were back down to one income. And I will tell you that, you know, before, whenever I was making really, really good money and he was still working, there was a lot of flexibility in our lifestyle. We could travel a lot more. There was a lot more freedom. And as a, a really selfish decision and something that, you know, we really wanted to utilize with the flexibility of me working from home was bringing Ronnie home so that he could be a part of that as well. And so we were willing as a family to make that sacrifice and going back down to a manageable income where maybe we didn't necessarily have like all the things or get to do all the things like we once had, but we would have him at home creating these memories and being present and all of those sort of things. Well, let me fast forward a little bit. If you've heard any other episode uh, recently that I have shared, the year of 2023 has been a, a huge, significant challenge. And I've read a ton about how entrepreneurs usually go through a hard season, whether it's in the beginning or sometimes in the middle. Mine did not come in the beginning. It came you know, about three years into my journey. The recession hit, sales dropped, people on the team walked away and all of a sudden my income dipped back down to uh, probably I would say around what I was making when I was in the classroom and sometimes even less than that. And oh, y'all, like when you go from making ends meet and you got just a little cushion to not having enough, it became really, really, really stressful. And uh, we went through our entire savings. Uh, we we were really struggling to make ends meet. And we made a decision, um, I would guess, uh, probably a couple months in because we kind of saw it coming for Ronnie to start his business so that we would have two incomes coming in again. Now, little did we know in the space that he started, um, he is in a service-based business. He, he owns it like a kind of a construction, like a contractor company or whatever. And uh, the way that we, anyway, to make a long story short, there was a lot of learning curves that we had to go through, a lot of um, money out of our pocket that we did not have, we had to use uh, as a startup for his business. And it really just snowballed from there. 
And so over the course of 2023, I've really started to educate myself and learn more about how to create diverse income. Like how can we uh, have multiple income streams? How can I educate myself so that I'm better with our finances? And it really came down to it where I was like having to have an honest conversation with myself and go, are we really making the most out of the income that we do have coming through our house? And so I sat down and I started to do some studying and I'll honestly, I'm being completely vulnerable with you guys. We're still on this process of learning, um, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are so many of you right now that are also experiencing similar things, whether you're doing a side hustle where you're trying to make that extra money so that you can make ends meet within your home, which I fully, fully understand and have been there. I told you in college, that's what I did. Um, or whether this is your actual income, or maybe you're not even an entrepreneur, and you're in that space where you're, you have a job and you're trying to make ends meet, but it's just not enough. And so um, I know that what I'm going to share with you today is going to be valuable to you, but I want to give it to you through the lens of a Christian perspective. So in this episode, I want to tackle some fundamental questions. What does the Bible say about money? What's the best way to deal with wealth? If I were to think about it in the Christian context, how do we develop a Christian money mindset? And can our businesses and our financial success align with our faith? Is it a bad thing when we make more income or when we seem to make a lot more? Is that a bad thing? So first I wanna start with what the Bible says about money, okay? And I wanna quote from, and I'm gonna actually share several scriptures because obviously this is a biblical um, basis of what I'm gonna share with you today. Proverbs 22, seven has a, a nugget of wisdom that says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. And I'm gonna say that again, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now this verse reminds me that financial freedom is a good thing in a way because it helps to break us free from debt, right? It means that we can serve other people without being tied down by the need to make the money that we need to pay off the debt that we have. First Timothy chapter six, verse 10 tells us that for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And let's be clear. I, I think that um, the Christian perspective usually like, and this is kind of what was ingrained in me growing up. Like, I feel like we've got it twisted. This is, of course, is my opinion. I feel like we got it twisted. We hear this verse, you know, money is the root of all evil. And we immediately think that, oh, money is the problem or having wealth is a bad thing and it's a sin. And that's kind of what was really ingrained in me. And so they talk about humility and um, living, you know, not beyond your means, which all are great things. I don't totally agree. You should live with humility and you should never live beyond your means. But what my take on this verse is that it's not the love of money. I mean, excuse me, it's not money itself that's the evil. It's the love of money that is the problem, right? Because if you love money above everything else, and that's the only thing that you think about, and that's the only thing that you consume, that can take us away from our faith. I've been studying a lot about how we were created for worship. We were created as beings to give glory to the Father. And I think about that often in you know the way that we take on our day-to-day -day lives, and money is a huge part of that. And you know, I'll ask myself questions about, you know, what is my struggle or what is my temptation or what is my sin? And what I have learned is that my fear of not having enough or that can be a form of worship, right? 
Like whenever you, that's something that consumes you or that's something that you think about all of the time, you're worshiping it. You may not realize that you may not have that intention that that's what you're doing, but you're worshiping it. And so we have to shift our perspective from the love of money to what can we use the money for as a tool, right? Um, and so this verse in Timothy, First Timothy says that we should always prioritize our relationship with God over the things that we have, right? Now, embracing a Christian money mindset really involves aligning our decisions when it comes to money with our faith. It's about replacing what we've got going on in our lives as far as the financial stress that you may have going on, the anxiety, and replacing that with faith and knowing that God is always going to provide. I can be honest with you, over the last several months um, in this year, um, my faith has been tested. I often think about Job and how he experienced uh, the season of, of having wealth and plenty. And, you know, whenever Satan went to God and said, what about Job? You know, like you, you've blessed him, you know, he, of course, he's going to worship you. Of course, he's going to praise you. But if you take it all away, what's going to happen? And God said, he's still going to be faithful. And I think about my situation and I want you to think about yours. Whenever the circumstances aren't ideal, when things aren't going the way that you want them to, are you putting your faith and hope in things of man? Are you putting faith and hope in God and going, he's going to take care of this. He's going to control whatever the outcome might look like. It might not be a good thing that I'm going through right now, but he's going to use it for his glory, right? He's going to use it for his good. And so we have to trust his plan. And as hard as that might be, I know, you know, you control freaks because that's who I am. Um, when we trust him fully, it will help us to lessen the burden and understand that um, the stress that we have over our financial situation or money um, can be strengthened through him. He can take that burden away from us and he, knowing that he's going uh, to provide. I was telling Ronnie the other day, I said, listen, you know, what does that other scripture say in the Bible? It talks about, you know, do the birds consider where their meal is coming from. No. Do the do the flowers have to question to bloom? No. They already know that God is going to provide for them. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to worry about it. They just go on about their life knowing that God is going to provide for them. So much more God loves us than he does the birds in the air and the flowers in the fields. He is going to take care of you. You know, you have children that you want to take care of and you would give things to your God loves you even more than that. And he's going to provide for you and make sure that you have all that you need. It might not be everything that you want, but he's going to make sure that you have everything that you need. So it's in crucial, though. I want for you to consider that everything that we have in this life is a gift from God, whether it's money, possessions, talents, gifts, whatever. We have to be stewards of the gifts and the things that we're blessed with, including our money, right? When that when we're a good steward of our money, that means using it wisely and also being generous with it and also being grateful for it, practicing gratitude every single day. Now, I'm a firm believer in giving back. I feel like, you know, as um, you know, God blesses us, we should learn to bless others. And that should start with our tithing, right? Now, I will tell you, this is something that has been ingrained in me since I was a little girl. I remember whenever I would get $5 from the guy who sat on the pew with me on Sunday nights, my sisters and I actually would fight over who would sit next to him because we knew that was like a thing that he did. He would give us, he would just slide over $5 and um, we would, we would stop on the way home. I'm telling you, y'all, like I have so many stories, so bad, but I do remember with that $5, I would tithe it and I would get 50 cents. 
in the offering. I would, I would tithe my 50 cents off of that $5 every time I got it. And um, I would encourage you to do the same. So that's 10% of your income, 10% of the money that you have coming into your house, uh, giving it back to your either your church or to a charity. Or, and of course, outside of that, finding other ways to give as well. So um, in our church, we are very mission-minded church. So we have missionaries that we support. We have children that we support. And so Ronnie and I, we support, um, we have one child that we support monthly. And then we have two missionaries that we support outside of the 10% that we give um, from our income. You know, um, and I think that that's important for you to do, you know, is I've often heard someone say that, you know, not that you want to do it for this reason, but, you know, when you give, it will be given back to you. Whatever you want more of, you need to give it away. So if you want more time, you need to give your time away. If you want more money, you should give your money away. Now, like I said, you don't want to just give your money away for the reason of, hey, if I give this away, I'm going to make a lot more. No. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then also setting goals. Right. I want you to, to learn to set goals this is what Ronnie and I are working on right now, setting goals uh, to find to be content, not only with what we have, um, being present in the moment and focusing on what we have in this very moment and learning to have joy and reflecting upon the blessings that he's given us. You know, often we will we will always compare up. And we we sometimes will forget to look back and think about where God's brought us from. And when we can just stop and be present in the moment, we can reflect on the things that he has brought us through. Like when I look back and think about whenever I did do that side hustle and I was in college and we did have a baby and I was cleaning houses, it was so hard. And that season isn't here anymore. Yes, I'm working hard now, but it's a different version of hard. You know, like, so I have to think about those things and all the things that he's brought us through and have gratitude uh, for what we have and what he's blessed us with up until this point. Now, for all of you kingdompreneurs out there, that's what I'm going to call you, those people that are pursuing your business and faith, Proverbs 31 speaks volumes. It says, she considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. Now, the Proverbs 31 woman is like thebomb.com. If we could all be a Proverbs 31 woman, I think we would all live happier, healthier lives and our families and communities would just thrive, right? She is like the epitome of something that a lot of us are striving for. Does that mean that we are that way all of the time? No, but she is definitely an example of someone that we want to emulate. And the Proverbs 31 woman teaches us the value of hard work. She teaches us the value of taking risks. She teaches us the value of being good stewards of our resources. And then if you move over, um, move backwards to Proverbs 13, 22, that actually reinforces the idea that having a business mindset and financial success, they can align with our faith. It says the diligent will prosper, but the lazy will waste their time. <laughs> I love that one. Like the diligent will prosper, but the lazy will waste their time. Like, Hmm, that's so profound. Yeah, if you work hard, you're going to experience success. But if you're lazy, guess what? Nah. You know, like success in both our personal and our professional lives, I think is super important. And so even when you're running a business or you are an employee or you are just a stay-at-home mom, like whatever that looks like for you, we should, um, you know, what does the scripture say? Do as unto the Lord as not unto man, right? We want to work hard, be diligent, um, and do those things. Now, to deepen your understanding of Christian money management, 
I've got a couple books for you um, that I wanted to share. And I think that they will help you to navigate finances and do that with a faith-filled perspective. So um, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, what are the, the top books that if I were a Christian and I wanted to gain control over my money, which ones would I choose? The first one, the total money makeover. And I'm going to include links to each of these books in the um, episode description. So if you want to check them out, you totally can. The total money makeover by Dave Ramsey. He is like the guru of money. He covers debt elimination and achieving financial freedom. The next book is money possessions and eternity. This one is by Randy Alcorn and he goes into the Christian perspective on wealth and having possessions. And then the final book that I want to share with you today is Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. And in that book, he offers practical steps for managing your money wisely. Again, you'll be able to go to the episode description, check those books out if you're interested in giving them a read and see if they were helpful to you. Now, remember, money is a tool that reflects your values. And it's not about the money itself, but what you can do with the money. Um, For me, money in the beginning was um, the easing the financial burden. Um, eliminating debt. And then eventually it was, what can I do with my time? You know, bringing us back so that we can be present with family. Um, And now, you know, now that I've experienced some success with that, I want to teach others and show them how they can do the same thing, whether it's in their businesses or their side hustle or whatever, how they can do the same thing so that they can bless others as well, whether it's through giving, whether it's through creating that financial stability in their own homes or whatever. Um, When you have a Christian money mindset, it means seeing wealth as a means to serve, bless others, and honor God in what we do. Now, I could not end this episode without sharing this with you because I'm super excited, okay? If you are interested in starting your own journey to heal your relationship with money, um, I have created a resource over here for you. Um, that has been impactful for me. This is step-by-step what I have done to help me to heal my money mindset includes um, affirmations, budgeting, allows you to track your expenses. um, And it's step-by-step and it's very, very simple and broken down for you. Um, And so I've created this resource for you. It's called the 90-Day Financial Evaluation and Money Goals Guide. Um, And so, of course, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break things down for you over the course of 90 days where you're going to track your expenses. You're going to really think about what it is that you're spending your money on, set some goals, and also reflect on your background when it comes to money and how you can heal your mindset when it comes to money. So if you want to check out that resource, um, of course, you can go to the episode description and uh, take a look at that. Um, It is very inexpensive. I set the price point at $5. It's a 15-page workbook, um, and it's loaded with a ton of value that I know is going to be super impactful for you. So of course, check that out. Um, Let me know if you try it. And of course, as always, I want to know if this episode spoke to you, if it was helpful in any way, and if it was, uh, what other sort of topics or things would you like for me to cover uh, in the the show? Um, I appreciate you so much for listening. Oh my gosh, that went by so quickly. Did you enjoy today's episode of The Kristen Morris Show? If so, please do me a favor and leave a review on the platform you're listening to and share this episode with a friend. Better yet, let's connect. Find me on any social media platform and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaways. 
And until next time, lead by example and inspire others to do the same.